coming at you from the One Stone Recording and Mastering Studio in New Brunswick, New Jersey. This is The Weigh-In with your host, Matt Ward. Welcome to The Weigh-In. My name is Matt Ward, and I'm a boxing writer and historian from the greater Philadelphia area. Every two weeks, I will introduce you to people from the world of boxing, both past and present. This episode of The Weigh-In features my interview with former professional boxer and trainer Lou Issa. Lou is currently on the training staff of GH3 Boxing Gym in Woodland Park, New Jersey. As an amateur boxer, Issa compiled an impressive record of seven wins and one loss with his only loss to future heavyweight champion Larry Holmes. Lou fought professionally from 1975 to 1981 and compiled a record of 19 wins, 6 losses, and 1 draw. On October 22, 1977, Issa fought future WBA World Heavyweight Champion John Tate. Without further delay, here is the weigh-in with Lou Issa. Please introduce yourself to my listeners. Louis Issa. Growing up, were you a fan of boxing? Loved it, yes. Do you have a favorite fighter? Yes, I, I have I have a couple, but uh, my favorite of all times is Ali, Muhammad Ali. Do you have an all-time favorite professional bout? Yes, I do. Uh, George Foreman and Ron Lyle. Oh, okay. You started boxing as an amateur at the age of 17. Please tell us about your amateur boxing career. It was brief, it was nice. I learned, I went in, I walked into the uh, City Hall Annex in Patterson, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a guy, by, there was two gyms there. I just kept walking, I found the one in the back. A guy by the name of Eddie Maddow Johnson was the uh, trainer there. And uh, he said, everybody line up. And I, I paid my dues and he says, you know how to wrap your hands? I said, yeah, I learned that line. So you, you know, you go, you line up, you line up, and he says, throw your left, I threw him. And he goes, oh my God, look at that big guy's jab, it's fantastic. He don't realize I'm lefty. <laughs> so then he, after like a month and a half later, he says, throw right in. He goes, what's wrong with your right? I go, I'm lefty. He goes, uh, why didn't you say something? I go, you never asked me. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. And then I had a, I had all knockouts, except the one fight with Larry Holmes. Right. I was, uh, I only had six fights. They put me in the Golden Glove Finals. Uh, I, I knocked the first two guys out, and then I went in with Larry, and and he just just threw that that stiff jab, pop, 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 and I was trying to move out of the way. I was just I was too young. I didn't know enough at the time, and just didn't get out of the way enough. And he won the he won the fight. Uh-huh. So uh, I just uh, it was fun, and I loved it, you know, and uh, I really enjoyed myself. And then I got hit in the face. Going to the Olympic trials. Oh, right, right. I get in the face with a glass up at Greenwood Lake. I got 365 stitches. Oh, wow. And that room stopped my career from 1975 to 19, I mean, 1972 to 1975. Three years. I sued the bar for loss of career for the three years. They gave me $365,000. Oh, wow. So I was able to, when I started fighting in Miami, I was able to. I already was nine and zero, mm-hmm. or seven and zero, and they saw my. They saw what I could have done in the three years, so they gave me that money, and I was able to train without having to work. Oh. I even though I did have a job at night, something menial, just to, I was a, a bouncer. And uh, the Mendoza Group owned the nightclub. The Mendoza Group was my management. They owned the nightclub in um, Coconut Grove. And I was the, the doorman, you know, and, oh, the man, oh. and the manager. They said, look, we want to lose money. I go, what? <laughs> they go, we're losing money. It's a write-off. I said, okay. I, I started making money. I was charging $3 at the door and making money. I was making like two, 3000 a week. And, and I just killed it in my pocket because they wanted to lose money. Oh, that's funny. You also played football. Please tell us more about your college football career. I played uh, two years at St. Peter's. I went to, uh, I, as a matter of fact, I went to Wayne Valley High School and we were undefeated as, you know, champions for like four or five years in a row. Then I was gonna go to Vietnam. Mm-hmm. I said, you know what, I'm gonna volunteer. My father goes, look at the size of you. Cause I grew after high school. I grew this big in the summer I graduated. I grew, they put me in a the hospital. They put tubes into my heart 
and my thigh, I thought my heart was going to blow off because I grew this big. Oh. I graduated 157, like 5'7", 5'8", 157. Then that summer, I grew 6'3", 220. Wow. And that's when I went to the gym and started learning how to fight. But then I kept going. I'm 6'6", 300, but then I'm, I'm getting old, I'm getting heavy. But, um, <laughs> but um, where, where, where was my chain of thought? Uh, oh yeah, uh, so I started, I was playing, I went to one of my friends to the fo to football practice. He was playing in St. Peter's. Coach sees me on the side of the room, I'm standing like this. I'm 270 pounds now. He looks at me, he goes, who's that? He goes, that's my friend. He goes, you ever play football? He goes, yeah, I played in high school. He goes, is he playing now? No. Get him a uniform, he's on the team. <laughs> that, that weekend, that Saturday, I played against Jersey City State, and I, I did such a so good that I got the main write up in all the papers and everything. I did really well. I had like 10, 12, 15 tackles, and I, and I was you know, really good. I was defensive end. Uh -huh. And I was just pound guys down. And uh, he called Schnellenberger in Miami. I said, my God, do I got a, do I got a, a defensive end for you? So I switched to Miami University. Played there with first, uh, they, out there they weren't even in the Orange Bowl yet. Right, right. We're still playing it out there. And then they, a walk on with the I mean, they, the Sunberg called Shula. Shula was at one of the games. I was at a game for my ex-wife's nephew. He played for Chaminade. Shula's son played for Chaminade. He was there watching the game, and I was there. He looked over at me, kept looking at me, kept looking at me. And uh, he sent somebody over to ask who I am. So I said, who asked about me? Who asked about me? He said, Don Shula. I go, no, he did not. He goes, yeah, he did. He wants to know who you are. So I walked over to him. I said, my name's Louisa, we introduced her. He goes, I want you to come to the camp. I want to give you a, a tryout. He goes, you play football? I go, yeah, I'm a defensive end. He goes, oh my God, I want you to come. He goes, you'll be perfect for Dern Dan Herter's side. Dern Dan Herter was right, I'm left. So he would love that. So I, I went, and I, he goes, how fast can you run the 40? I said, I don't know, 4 eight, four seven. He goes, no way. He goes, how much you weigh? I said, I'm about 320. He goes, we're not running that. <laughs> so he made me run it. I ran it in four eight. Run it again. Run it again. He goes, unbelievable. You're, you got to just try it. Boom, you're in. So now I'm starting to practice. I made all the cuts. I was hustling my ass off. I made all the cuts. And first game preseason, I blocked a pass from the. Uh, I think we played the Colts. Blocked the pass. Got in, grabbed the quarterback, threw him to the ground the second play. Third play, the quarterback must have said to the line, if this guy gets in again, you guys are looking for work. Because the third play, they all hit me. I never got hit like that. Boom, I hit high, low. And then back then, hit below the waist was not a problem. Oh, right. They banged the below the waist. I got a, this was the first operation. Now I got a total knee replacement. Oh, yeah, I can see the scar. Yeah. And they said, you could play again. Lou, you could play again, but if you get hit again, you're going to have to walk with a crutch or Came. Right. I said, no, I'm not doing that. I'm going to raise my children. I'm, I'm going to play ball with my son. I want to. I can't tell him I can't play. You know, no, I can't do that. I'm not doing that. So I didn't. I quit. I went to the Fifth Street Gym to lose weight because I knew how from the Golden Gloves and from the stuff like that. I also, I also played. I also fought in in New England. I won the Golden Gloves in New England. Oh. Yeah. What happened was. I was working on a garment truck in the summer. Mm -hmm. doing, you know, I worked on a garment truck helping the truck driver out. He was my uncle. He was driving the truck, so he gave me a job working. So the guys who he worked for saw me. He said, look at the size of this guy. Why, why, what is he doing? Does he fight? And my uncle said, yeah, he's fighting two boxes. He's in the cold and stuff. And, and he can't get a fight here in New Jersey. They got to fight and put fights. So he goes, listen, we, got, we know Al Lacey. Al Lacey trained Paul Pinder and Jack Sharkey. Mm -hmm. And he said, if you want, we'll send him up to Al, and Al will train him for a year. He'll fight the gloves up there, and we'll evaluate him, and we'll put him in his pro. So I went up there. I trained. I lived in Al Lacey's house, 97 Aspenwall Avenue in Brookline, in Mass. Brookline, Mass. And I used to drive up to the reservoir, run around the reservoir in the morning, drive home, stretch, get in the shower. He had no hot water. <laughs> it was freezing. I'd take a freezing shower. And then I would go uh, get you, uh, go upstairs, eat my eat my breakfast, then go upstairs and rest. And I would call me. We go to the, down to Southie to the gym, Connolly's gym in South Boston. Oh, I would spar with all the pros, big pros, big heavyweights. I would spar with them and everything. And um, I, got, I won the gold medal at the Fargo building in South Boston. I fought I fought two guys in one night. 
you remember who you fought? No, I don't remember. Uh, I actually fought the first guy, knocked him out in the first round in, in 18 seconds. He just ran across the ring, went at me, I threw a hook, and he hit the ground. <laughs> oh, oh my God. That was great. And, and they, they went, I went to the corner, they counted him out, and I, and I raised my arm. I went back to sort of getting dressed, and my guy that I fought knocked his guy out in, in like two minutes, second round. So he said, you guys both knocked each other out. You want to you wanna fight tonight the finals? So at least he looked at me, I said, it's up to you, well, you're the boss. He goes, okay, we'll do it. And they got, we both got dressed again, and we went out there and fought the final. I knocked him out in 33 seconds. Oh, wow. So I, got the, I won the Golden Gloves. I won the Golden Gloves. <laughs> so uh, that was it up there. And uh, then I came back to Jersey, and I was going to get ready for the Olympic trials. They were at West Point when I got cut. That was when you got cut, yeah. yeah so that was it, I got to pull out. So then... Uh, Football again, you know, I was in Miami, doing great, and uh, first play, they hit me, my leg was like that, I had the operation, I quit, I went to the fifth street gym to lose weight, because I was so heavy, and the only way I knew how was at the gym. Mm-hmm. Ali was in the ring. Oh, right. There was like 200 people in there watching, I made my $3, I went in the back, I dressed, came out, I'm hitting the bag, boom, 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 and I throw a hook, bam, and the freaking bag comes down. The chain broke. Oh, it just fell completely to the ground. Boom! <laughs> Everybody looks at me now. Ali don't like that. Everybody looks at me. They're going, ooh, ooh. And Ali looks at the white hope. Zeke went over there. I'm like, oh my God, I want to get thrown out of here. I just, I just got here. You know, Angelo Dundee walks over. I know he was. He didn't know who I was. Mm-hmm. I go, I'm really sorry about the bag. I got, I'll go to the hardware store. I know there's one down the street. I'll go get a, a, a stuff and I'll put it back. He goes, man, I with that bag. Nice shot. He goes, beautiful left hook. He goes, you ever fight before? I go, yeah, well, I fought in the amateurs, but I got, I can't fight, I got a, I got a scar. He goes, let me see that scar. He goes, scar. He goes, he goes that scar's under your eye. He goes, Ferdy. Ferdy Pacheco comes over, he goes, that's under your eye. If it opens, it's gonna go down. It's not a problem, we'll close it. I go, yeah, well, you know, he's talking about fighting. And I go, yeah, but I got a big lawsuit, I don't know. You come tomorrow. He goes, you ever meet the champ? I go, no, I never did. He goes, come on, go over there, and Ali comes over. And we're talking, we take pictures, and we shake hands and everything. And all he goes, uh, put your arms like that, put my arms like that. Put his hands way up in the air, he goes, that's how much money you and I are going to make if you keep going. <laughs> I go, yeah. That's awesome. I go, maybe, maybe, what the? So they, they said, you come back tomorrow, we're going to But I had a motorcycle. So I go downstairs after the workout, and I, and I go home, and they see me get on a motorcycle and leave. The next day I come on the motorcycle. And they go, come on, come in the office. I go in the office, Billy Pacheco's there, Mike Dundee's there, Dwayne Simpson's there, Angelo Dundee's there, and Chris Dundee. And they said, how'd you like to fight pro? I, I haven't even trained in, just, I haven't trained one day. Yesterday you, we cut it short. Today, I mean, you know, I don't know, what do you mean talking about? Today's our first day here. But they said, we'll, we'll give you a contract for 10 years, with an option for 10 more. Five years, no, I'm sorry, it was five years with an option for five more. We're going to give you $50,000 signing bonus, and we're going to give you a brand new car. Wow. But you got to use the motorcycle as a down payment. We don't want you on a motorcycle. Oh, they want you to get rid of it. Yeah, get rid of it. To be safe and everything. It was right. the best man. So I said, where do I go get a car? He goes, I'm going to go right down the street to Matt Patankin. He's the, he's the boxing commissioner. We already called him. He knows you're coming. You go in there and pick out a car. So... Okay, okay, cool. Give me the check. I signed the contract. They gave me my copy. I went up to the Matt, Matt Potemkin. I pull in. He's waiting for me, standing there waiting for me. I go, hey, how you doing? He goes, how you doing? He goes, wow, you are big. <laughs> <laughs> and so we start talking. And he goes, um, pick a car. So I see a Corvette convertible. Very that cool. one right there. He goes, no. They said, no Corvette. I go, oh, man, what about a Chevelle? He goes, no. No sports cars. So there was a Caprice Classic convertible, powder blue, white interior, white top. How about that one? He goes, that one you could have. So I see, go clean up, this old guy, go clean up, fill it up with gas and bring it back. And I gave him the motorcycle, he looked it over, he goes, okay, I'll take this. As a down payment, they're paying the rest. I said, okay, cool. So I got my car, I drove home, I hit the horn, my ex-wife looked come out on the, on the deck and she goes, where'd you get that? I said, I, I got this too, come here, I gotta talk to you. So she comes downstairs and I go, Look, she goes, $50,000, holy crap, what do you do? I go, I signed a contract to fight pro. She goes, Lou, we got the lawsuit, it's any month now. It's gonna I go, they said, we're going to make more money in that lawsuit. They don't care how much you make, we're going to make more. She goes, it's up to you, Lou. And I said, okay, let's do it. 
So I, I got up in the morning, I started running, and I started running every day. And then going to, I was going to uh, South Miami, and I was running at the F, FI, F, FIU, yeah, FIU. Oh, right. They have a, they have a big um, sponge track, open air though. No, no, not in the stadium. Big sponge track, and I used to run on that. And then I would go into the pool, the guy would let me in, because he knew me, let me in, and I would do laps in the pool back and forth, getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And I was losing weight, losing weight, and getting stronger. And I was fighting. They said, we don't care what your weight is, we just want you to go down naturally. So my first fight, I was 258. Who was your, um, who's your first trainer when you turned professional? Uh, Dwayne Simpson. Oh, okay. okay. Dwayne Simpson. He actually, he actually is in the boxing hall of fame. He, uh, Dwayne, Dwayne was a great trainer. He's, uh, I, met, I miss him so much. He's, I talk to him every week, make sure he's okay. As a matter of fact, I'm going to call him today. Oh, okay. Is he down in Florida still? Yes. Oh, cool. Yeah, I go down, I see him. He, had, he has a little gym. Him and his son train University of Miami. Oh. They train the fighters for the University of Miami. Oh, the boxing club that yes. they have? Yes. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. So I go there and see them all the time. So I go down to Miami and see him all the time. I love him and his wife and his son. His son is great people. So you fought a majority of your professional fights in Florida. Yes. Um, but on May 11th, 1977, you defeated Roger Russell at Madison Square Garden. Yeah. What was it like for you to fight in this legendary arena? Oh, God, it's scary. <laughs> you're scared, you know, you're scared to death. I mean, yeah. I mean, a lot of people don't realize, you know, it's not the fight that scares you. It's all the people and the noise and the crowd. And, I mean, I, there were so many people there. My father mm -hmm. was uh, like a, a wise guy from New Jersey, mm -hmm. and he must have had like nine busloads of fans come. And they were all screaming when I came out, you know? As a matter of fact, I was, I, I was the last fight. I was the fight after Dwayne Bobbick fought Ken Norton. Oh. Ken Norton hit him in the throat. And, oh no, Jerry Cooney. Jerry Cooney. Jerry Cooney. And Jerry Cooney got hit in the throat. Or it wasn't Norton that got hit in the throat. No, it was Cooney. Got hit in the throat, and the fight was over in the second round. Oh. Yeah. So they, I was already just ready to leave. I was leaving, telling everybody I'm not fighting. All these people came, I'm not fighting. I was walking towards my father when they grabbed me by the shirt. Get back here. The fight's over. You're, you're on. You're on TV. What? I run back. I go, are you kidding? So I said, I'm not, I'm not even warm. I'm not. Get ready. I got ready. I went in there. And I fought Roger Russell and I won the fight. Nice. So I was happy. That's awesome. Especially so close to home. Yeah. People were, <laughs> they were, they were I would have been, I, I don't know what I was going to tell my father. Eight, nine busloads of people. <laughs> I mean, that's like insanity. You know, the buses were lined up outside when, I, when we came out. It was, it was very nice. Like, that's cool. It's nice to be, you know, but it's scary. Cause you don't you don't know you know where am I gonna win am I gonna win? I gotta look good for these people that's the scary part yeah yeah the other the other guy in Costa Rica don't scare me it's the people will I do will I look good will I do you know yeah you were in the back of the boxing yeah you know, I'm the square guard the lights on top here the guys <laughs> on the ring with the cameras oh man sounds amazing like yeah. an amazing experience it was really cool really cool. On October 22nd, 1977, you fought future world champion John Tate in Nevada. Can you tell us more about your training and preparation for this fight? I actually was, I was ready. I was ready, I, I, I think I could have beat Tate. The problem with my with that fight, they arrested me the night before the fight. Mm -hmm. Did you know that? I did, yeah. They arrested me in my room. I was on the phone with my wife and there was a knock at the door. And I looked at the door, they, they said, first I heard him yell, police, open the door. I go, I think you got the wrong room. They said, no, Issa, I go, oh, no. I opened the door, they brought bum rush. They said, they handcuffed him. I said, hold it, guys. I'm in my boxer shorts. I'm on the phone with my wife. Can I hang up? They said, no, don't move. I go, can I hang up the phone with my wife, please? I go, I don't want to get no argument with you guys. I'm not looking for a problem. So I said, honey, I got to go. She said, what's the matter? I go, I'll call you in a little while. I hang up. I put my running suit on because they don't want me to let me get my arms. I put my jogging suit on and they handcuffed me in the front because I said my back's too big, I can't put them. So they put it in the front. We're walking through. Here's Dundee, Ferdy Pacheco, Mary Gaby. They're throwing dice at the dice table. And I go walking by, I go, hey guys. What? <laughs> I got 10 cops with me. They take me to Las Vegas County Jail. I'm sitting there all night. 15 minutes before the fight, they let me out. Now, what happened was, the reason they arrested me 
is in Miami. I was home watching TV with my wife, mm -hmm. and one of my friends called Lou. Some the Colombians followed my wife to a gas station. They're trying to kidnap her and my kids. Oh no! Because he owed the money. Something. I don't know what he was doing. So I go, what are you going to do? He goes, I'm going to go there, but I need you to back me up. I'm not. I go, no gunplay. Mm -hmm. I'll go with you, but no gunplay. He goes, okay. So we get there. He jumps out of the car, and he runs towards the Columbia. Him and the Columbia start fighting. Oh. Now, after a few minutes, he starts getting the best of him. Boom, boom. So I grab him. I said, that's enough. The Columbia comes off the ground and punches me in the face. I go, man, why'd you do that? I, boom, I hit him with a body shot. The kid crumbles. He falls right to the ground. Mm -hmm. So I go, just sit there, man. I go, you, George, get out of here. Get your family and go. So his family gets in the car and he goes. Then they drive me home. Fifteen minutes later, police are at my house. Uh -oh. the, the guy said, the big, big blonde guy. He hit him with a body. He hit. The, he beat him up. I go, I didn't. I hit the guy with one shot because he hit me, and my lip was so little. Fools were hit me. I hit me right here, and I hit, I hit him with a body shot to stop the whole thing. Right. I said he was getting beat up, so I told my friend enough. I grabbed him, pulled him off. I told my friend, go home. You got your wife and kids, go home. I said, go ahead, we'll take care. And I said, look, guys, you talk to him another time. Call him, I'll bring him to you if you want, but you don't do it like this. Mm -hmm. So I said, don't kid that nobody's wife and kids. Are you nuts? So he went, and they went, but the kids in the gas the cops came. Uh, and they told the kids it was me. They didn't know me. They just said a big American. So they came to my house. And, and I told cop I was there. Yeah, well, I was there. But it, I told them what happened. Like I just told you. They said, I said, I'm leaving tomorrow for Vegas. I have a fight. They go, don't leave. Or you can't go. I'm going. Yeah. Well, they said, if you go, you're going to have a fight. I said, whatever, I'm going. So I left. I said, you can't stop me. It's a fight. So I went. Now, I'm thinking about what I'm thinking the whole time about all this stupid stuff. I get to Las Vegas and I told you I got locked up and I'm, all night I'm sitting in jail awake and I'm like this, flipping out mad about, oh my God, oh my So when I get in the ring, I was running to the ring and they're tying me up and putting my thing on as I'm running. I take my robe off, jump in the ring and, they, and the bell rings and now I'm in a ring fight. 50 minutes ago I'm in the, in the county jail. Yeah. And, 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 and I'm like, I'm thinking about what my wife's going to say, what's, what am I going to do? And then the tapes in front of me and I'm, and I'm like just, and I, and I, I didn't even see it. Mm -hmm. So that's what happened. It, it really messed me up because if I could have knocked Tate out, I mean, we were hit with a shot. All you had to do was hit him on the chin. Right. He's gone. But I, I never I never had the chance. I just didn't. I actually like this. I almost did a no mosh. Forget this. I'm out of here. Yeah. I mean, because I, well, I couldn't think. So I just, uh, he hit me a couple of shots and my police stopped the fight. And that was it. I wasn't even hurt. I, I, you know, pretty percent goes, well, that's that. They were all disappointed. And so was I, but uh, the, the cops that did that called, Miami cops that called their friends in Vegas that used to work in Miami with them had me arrested. All of them, all of them, Angelo had them all fired. Oh. They all got fired. The two in Miami and the two in Vegas got fired because of that. They were involved in the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. On August 18, 1981, you fought your final professional bout against Fossey Schmidt in Honolulu, Hawaii. What made you decide to retire from boxing? I had retired before that. Mm -hmm. uh, bad part of my this was the worst. This was the worst time in my life when I went when I took that fight. They, I had retired. I wasn't in the gym for two years. They gave me a call. They said, this guy wants you to use your record because you had a big knockout record. Yeah. They want to use your record. Um, Got to go at least two rounds and you're, you'll get a big, big, big payday. Mm -hmm. We gave you two tickets to your wife. I said, my wife don't want to go. I said, she, she goes, oh, so I said, he says, then cash for the ticket and keep the money too. I said, cool. So I went out to Honolulu and I stayed in the hotel. When I go to the way and Fussy Smith sees me, He's a Samoan. His feet are like that wide. His nose is two big holes in his face. <laughs> he's a little guy, but he's a Samoan. You know that other pill. Yeah. And he sees me and he goes, you guys are trying to get me knocked off. And, and I go, I haven't, I haven't been in the gym in two years. Are you nuts? He goes, I don't want to hear that. He goes, you guys are trying to get me knocked off. I'm not fighting this guy. And he leaves. So I get on the way. I get to the scale. I go, look, you guys, I signed the contract. We made a deal. You got to, you know, going to pay me no matter what. So... They get him, they finally tell him, look, you're going to win this fight, just get in the ring. And he's supposed to, he comes at me the first round, Matt and I throw a jab, and he goes right down. Wow. I go, oh. Oh, no. I go, I go back to the corner and look at him, and I go, yeah, touch it. <laughs> I, so, 
so I'm standing there, and the captain, he gets up, and he's shaking his head like I hit him. I, I didn't even hit him. I didn't, I swear. So then he comes at me, and he's throwing punches. He's staying away, he's staying away. <laughs> you don't want to come near me. And I'm going, come on, guy, throw a damn punch. Really. You know, yeah, I get connected to him. I'm going, well, you start throwing some punches, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I, I'm not hitting him. I'm just, like, tapping so I don't have to. And, and I'm making him look, ah, 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 ah. And, and he's punching back, but his punches were like, I mean, I was so embarrassed. There's nothing behind it. Finally, he hit me a shot. I, I mean, I put my hand down here, and he hit me a shot. It didn't even hurt, but I went like that. So I moved my head, and I went against the ropes. The referee jumped in. He goes, he, he goes, you all right? I go, uh, yeah. He goes, no, so he stopped the fight. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> Second round, he stopped the fight. <laughs> so I said, that's cool. So that was it. It was over. I made, I made the money, and I bought my wife a beautiful dress in the mall. I went out that night and bought a dress and flew home. Oh, cool. And that was it. And that was my last fight. I sat back and I don't like doing that. That was the worst thing I ever did in my life. Mm -hmm. You know, it was like throw a fight, and it made me sick. But uh, I, I did it because, I mean, I was at the gym two years. They offered me a lot of money. So yeah. I said, you know what? I got I to gotta feed the family. Let's do this. Got to take the payday. Right, right. What did you do for work after you retired from boxing? I was in the uh, real estate business for a little while. Uh, not real estate, but I built, bought houses and flipped them down in Miami. Mm -hmm. Bought houses and flipped them. I did, uh, I did some, uh, I owned some nightclubs. Oh, okay. I, built, I built and designed nightclubs. And so as soon as you build them, I would, I would design it, build it. First day it's open, put it for sale. Mm -hmm. First week, it's jamming. And people see it's jamming, they want to buy it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and then go to the next location. So that's what I would do. And uh, got in a little trouble and did some time. Got, I met a, gave a kid, a friend of mine, some money. Mm -hmm. He came to me, said, I need some money. What do you need the money for? He told me he's, he's doing drugs and stuff, selling drugs. I go, man, I don't want to be involved, but here, here's some money. Go do what you got to do. Don't involve me. He got caught. I said, where'd you get the money? He said, me. Yeah. So they gave me, I'm in mean, on a legal conspiracy. I got the time, I went to jail, I did my time, and I came home. This, when did you uh, come back up to New Jersey? My mother was sick, and she was dying in uh, New York. And she had cancer, for, she had 54 operations for cancer. Strongest woman I ever met in my life, my mom. She, uh, I used to call her after the fights. I used to run to the phone booth and they did a big article on that and I'd run to the phone booth to call my mother. Oh. And uh, one night I was fighting at the uh, convention center and uh, Jerry Quarry, who was one of my favorite fighters, mm -hmm. Jerry Quarry was the uh, announcer. And he says, look at the size of this guy, he should be in the woods scratching his back on a tree. <laughs> my mother was in the hospital and she was watching the fight and she got mad at Jerry. So when I called, she goes, why did Jerry Quarry say that about you? I go, what did he say, Mom? I, I didn't hear it. Yeah. He goes, you should, be in the, you should be in this wood scratching your back on a tree. You're a big bear. <laughs> I go, well, he just meant that as a So she, I said, I calmed it down. And then when I got off the phone, Jerry was walking by. I go, hey, Jerry, next time you got nothing good to say about somebody, don't say nothing at all. <laughs> he goes, why? But he couldn't even put a sentence together, the poor guy. I mean, yeah. Uh, 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 so I, I didn't do nothing. I didn't, you know, but I was a little mad at the time because my mom was upset. Right, right. And I let it go. But he was, he was a cool guy. I liked him. And uh, as a matter of fact, my, I was at the Fifth Street. I was at the uh, Gleason Ship in, in the Bronx mm -hmm. when they were on 149th and Sweatshift Avenue. Oh, right, right. Over top of a, 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 a butcher. Uh -huh. I mean, where they slaughtered a slaughterhouse. It smelled so bad, you had to hold your nose, run from the car, get upstairs and try not to smell, but he still smelled it. It was bad. But uh, they called the gym and said, we need heavyweights for Quarry. Quarry's fighting Mac Forster. Mm -hmm. And Quarry's at the garden, they need heavyweights. So I was there, they go, Lou, you want to spoil Quarry? Yeah. I go down there, there's about six of us, but they picked me first. I get in the ring, pow, pow, hit Quarry. Because I, I was big, I'm like 230, and I'm able to move. Pow, pow. With jab, the guy goes, Stop, 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 get him out of here. Yeah. He threw me out. Threw, I said, What are you doing? They go, You're done, get out of here, get him out of here. They threw me out. I went, I went back to the gym. I go, Hey, they threw me out. The lab was laughing. They go, Why? I go, I don't know. I, I didn't know. But they said, You were beating him up. That's what they threw me out of there. And I, 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 I never, I never, I never uh, 
he didn't know it was me at the, when he announced me at the, that fight that night. Oh, I was going to ask you if you remember. No, yeah. no, he didn't know. No. He didn't know. <laughs> I wanted to say something, but I didn't. But uh, that was it. Please tell my listeners more about GH3 Promotions and GH3 Boxing Gym. GH3 Promotions is owned by Vito Melnicki, my good friend. Uh, one of the most honest guys in boxing. Mm-hmm. Will not feed you to the dogs. Right. Will not hurt you. As you can see right there on the wall, there's GH3. Here's all the fighters that he's had over the years. And uh, this used to be our office here. Mm-hmm. And uh, he built all those records up out of his pocket. I mean, Antoine Douglas was built on 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 his pocket, 19101, mm-hmm. 13 KOs. Antoine Douglas, Ronald Ellis, you know, we could, we could have been a good fighter. Adam Lopez built on us. We got him all his fights on Showtime. Jerry Odom. I mean, they're all guys that, you know, John Thompson got a, got a championship shot through Vito. Vito is the most non-selfish good guy on the planet. I kept telling him. You are gonna die here if you keep doing what you do. He goes to the fights, pays for everybody, even the amateurs. His son has 160 amateur fights. Oh, I know that. Little Vito has 160 amateur fights. The Olympic Committee wants him to keep going. They want him on the team. Oh yeah. So he just went out to the Olympic qualifier and they robbed him. It was disgusting. We were there. I was there. I'm a referee and a judge for the Golden Gloves. I just retired from that because I was so upset about what the scoring is. They, they're doing the good old boy system. Mm-hmm. If you're from Colorado and the kid's fighting from Colorado, you're giving the kid from Colorado a fight. No, that's not the way it is. Right, right. You give the better fight of the fight. We want the best for our Olympic team. You don't rob the kid. That, both kids are training their hard job. I mean, if you give the right kid the bout, it's a good bout. Mm-hmm. If you give the, bad, the bad, wrong kid the bout, it's a bad bout, and that's not good for boxing. Mm-hmm. But they're doing it so much now. I quit. I, I told everybody, I'm done. This is ridiculous. Ridiculous. They're putting level one referees in when you got level three referee. Why would you put one in when the, the kids want the best referee they can get? Yeah, yeah. You got to give them the best. They're training hard. They want to win. They want to fight. You got to give them the best chance mm-hmm. with, with the best referee. And, and they don't do it. They put in level ones. So I just said, you know what? I'm done. I quit. And they did call me. They want me to come back. But I'm undecided. I really don't know. It's too too many good, like Colorado and California. They're disgusting. Yeah, yeah. They're disgusting. We caught a lady who's referee. She's level one a, a judge and referee. She was on the belt, on, on the on the ring in, in Vegas when we went to the nationals for the kids. We went to the uh, junior nationals. Mm-hmm. She sat there, and Vito was fighting uh, one one of their kids, and she everybody else gave Vito a three one three no oh, three oh. Her and the other judge in California gave the other kid 3-0. Wow, that's a that's a big discrepancy. So scoring. And then she got up and sat next to my wife. She was sitting next to with her friends from California. They didn't know it was my wife. They sat next to my wife and he said, I just gave her 3-0, and that's a scroll. Oh wow. My wife said she got up, she went over to the head of the of the, uh, the committee, and she goes, I just heard this one. She told them what they said. They called her over, they threw her out for the and they threw us to California out. They threw them out. Because what happens is, here's the deal. In New Jersey, Vito and I take 19 kids to Vegas to fight. Mm-hmm. We try to do fundraisers and get money. The government don't pay nothing. Right. The state don't pay nothing. And we got seven to eight national champions from the stations. Yeah. These kids are from Newark, from Irvington. They don't have five cents. We foot the bill. Airfare, hotel, food, meal, and food, gym training, going to the gym, coming back, transportation, everything. We foot the bill because we have to, we have to get fundraisers. Finally, I got sick of it. I called the governor, Governor uh, Christie, uh, two years ago. I said, hey, Governor, what's up? I got eight national champions. You, you can't help us with a little bit of money. Every other state, California, Colorado, uh, New Mexico, uh, Nevada, all of them, they give, the state gives money for their program to bring the kids. They give them outfits. Yeah, we bought, we buy their outfits, me and Vito. Buy their outfits, tank top, and shorts, shoes. You know, everything, we give them everything. And we get bags to put your stuff in, and a sweatshirt and a hat. We don't have the money for a running suit. The other kids from California, Colorado, Nevada, they get running suits, bags, everything, because the state pays. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we, I said to them, I tell them all this, and the governor said, you call me back, I'm going to get somebody to sponsor you, one of, the, one of the big companies from New Jersey, to sponsor you, or two of them. He goes, how much do you think I need? 
I go 10, 12,000 is more than we need to go out. That'll give us airfare, hotel, everything. Which is fair. That's Which, a fair amount yeah, of money. Yeah, I'm not asking for a lot. Yeah. Maybe 20 is that math. So I'll go down, how many kids come? So he said, that's not a lot of money. We'll get it done. Next year he went to be the president. Yeah. <laughs> next year he wanted to do this. And I never got to talk to him again. Yeah, and then I retired. And uh, all our kids now are grown up. They're not in the junior national anymore. We don't have to go there. So, you know, it's just a sad thing. It's, it's very sad because there's a lot of good kids in Jersey. Mm -hmm. and, and they're just being held back because of finances. Yeah, it's always been a great boxing state over the years. Oh, good, very good boxing state. And we got kids that don't have five cents, they have one parent. Mm -hmm. And we have to bring a parent because I'm not gonna bring your kid. And then your kid comes home and says, hey, somebody touched me. Mm -hmm. No way. I need one guardian, one guardian to come with that kid. Yeah. So he stays in the room with that kid. And then, they, you know, this way the kids are safe and there's no headaches. Mm -hmm. But we have to raise the money. And every year it's a new thing, you know, we raise the money. And half the time we don't raise enough, but Vito and I are out of pocket. Right. And right. Vito Melnicki is the most unselfish person I ever met in my life. He's the best promoter you could get. <laughs> He's top three promotions in the country now. GH Street, uh, Golden Boy, and... Uh, uh, Mayweather. Well, Mayweather, uh, top four. Mayweather, uh, top rank. Top rank, yeah. Golden Boy, and GH Street. Mm -hmm. Those four. Yeah, I mean, we have the top fighters. I mean, Antoine Douglas was one of the top, it was the, the best middleweight in the country until, yeah. he, until he got beat that from that Russian. Right, right. That was a bad fight, Tony. took that fight. Lots of good fighters, though, coming out of GH3, definitely. Yeah, a lot of good fighters, and we're, we're very proud of that. Mm -hmm. And we tell them, we're going to build you up. It costs us money to build you up. Once you're 12 and 13 and all, now you got to fight, for them. Yeah. And that's why Showtime loves us. They, they use us for a lot of their shows. We promote a lot of their shows. Mm -hmm. They like us because we put our, our fighters at risk. You're going into your fight. If you're going on TV and fight breaks for Showtime, you're fighting. You yeah. got to win, so you better train. <laughs> that's what we tell them. And, then, and so far, it's been working pretty good. And that's the way boxing should be. Yeah, can't you give them gimmies? Yeah. And, you know, 17, 18 and 0, and then you got to fight, and you, you get beat up because you you never had one before. Yeah. You can't give me you know, gimmies or not. Yeah. Once you get to 12 and 0, you better get ready. Mm -hmm. you, you better start training like you're fighting every day in that ring, sparring every day with tough guys, so when you get in that ring, you're ready. Right, good for the sport, good for the fans. Exactly, the fans love it. The fans, mm -hmm. That's what they said. Showtime said, listen to these people. Everybody else screaming, yelling, everybody screaming. They go, listen to these fans. This is what they love. That's why we love you guys. I go, yeah, but my guy's getting his ass kicked. They go, don't worry, you'll be all right. And finally, they did come back and win. But I'm like, at the time, he was a little like, oh, man. That's close. <laughs> can you tell us more about the uh, boxing gym as well? GH3 Boxing, as you can see, you saw it right now, it's a beautiful place. Yes. Uh, we chose this location because it's close to Patterson, and at the time a lot of the gyms were closed. Mm -hmm. Close to Clifton, close to Passaic, and that's where a lot of the good fighters come out of in this area. It's close to New York. Yeah. It's really close to anywhere because we're 80, 46, 23, everything's right here, you know, the Parkway. We're real close to everything, and uh, we gave them a very good facility. I got the best equipment. I went out of my way and bought everything the best. And uh, I wanted the, the kids that trained here to have a good gym. My problem was the landlord, you know? Yeah, And yeah. it's a financial thing, and I understand that. But I'm, any boxing gym you go to, Matthew must have been up to a million. Yes, yeah. Do they ever make money? No. no, it's, no. Not, it's, not, it's not a profit organization. What it is is I'm gonna make it non-profit when I open the new one. It's gonna be non-profit, so I get donations and, and it won't hurt people, they'll get, they'll get a full refund. We get donations, we're gonna hold fights. We're gonna start putting fights on here once a month, bring people from all over the country to fight because our fighters are national champions. Right. We have to bring good fighters, you can't bring you know, the same kids they've been fighting over and over. You gotta bring people from all over the country. We're willing to do that. The hotels are close, right up 46. We can bring them in and we have a show, and it would be nice if we make money, you know. We could fit 200 people in here. Yeah. We'll, just, we'll take the bags down, put the seats this way, put the seats that way to the L, and we'd be all right. It would have been really nice, but the landlord, we just couldn't come to an agreement on the rent. He wants way too much, and I just don't have it to come out of pocket right now. Right, right. I can't, I can't do that. If the gym pays for itself, 
I'm happy. But to chase, these guys are from Patterson, from Passaic and there. To chase them for thirty-five dollars, it's aggravating. I understand. Thirty-five dollars. Yeah. Come on, guys. Thirty-five dollars. You owe me three months. I can't let you train no more mm-hmm. unless you pay. Yeah. Half the time I let them go. You know, it's not fair. But I'm a, I, I used to fight. I know what it's like. You know. But I I, I was lucky. I got money and they paid me and, and I made money. You know. Yeah. Yeah. These kids are unfortunate. They don't have money. They get to the gym, they're lucky. They got gas money to get to the gym. It's, it's a good day. Yeah, yeah. And this is, just to your point earlier, this is really a hotbed of boxing, but a lot of these guys are coming out of uh, poverty-stricken yeah. situations. They might have one parent. Yeah. You know, they're, 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 they're trying to keep the roof over their parents' head in their head. They might have a job, mm-hmm. and, they, and all their money goes to the house. Yeah. I just look, I understand, I know. but. How are we going to keep the gym open? Exactly, let's keep the lights on. Do I have to pay for you to train? I opened the gym. I spent spent all the money on the equipment. I spent all this money. Vito put his crew, put it together. I go, we did this for you guys. Now, usually what you have to do is pay the $35. If everybody pays $35, we got the money to pay the the rent. We're good to go. It'll stay open. If you don't, we can't. Right, right. And that's what happened. And then they raised, kept raising it, raising it, raising it. They, you know, we were going to put an MMA guy in, and we split the rent. I told him, I'll do 17, you do 15. I'm 32, then I went to 37. I said, come on, guy, you're not, you know, you're really not being fair. I go, oh, don't get me wrong, I, I understand it's about money, you know, you own the building, you want to get paid. But this is a bunch of you, these are kids. Yeah. They're not, you know, most of the pros are young, they're not even 20, 22. You know, come on, you got it, you, you don't see this? I go, I'm out of pocket every month here. So is Vito, we're out of pocket. Mm-hmm. We can't do it no more. Vito gets mad at me every month. Where's the money? Yeah. We're selling water. I buy the water, I buy the water, I buy the Gatorade, I fill it up with the Gatorade and water. Nobody pays. Mm-hmm. I can't be here all day. I can't sit here all day. I got things to do, I gotta pay my bills. Right. So I run out and I'm making money and I'm doing whatever. When these kids, they don't, they're, I, I leave like Terrific, Terrific's a great trainer. I leave Terrific in charge. He puts the money in the box. But when I leave and he leaves, over here, they take the money from the box. They oh, need it. They need it. Yeah. Take it. What do you do? How do you, you know, man, how do you, you know? So the, the only thing I can do is close it. And then we're looking for another location. If I find the location, my friend, I told my friend what I just told you. Mm-hmm. My friend said, I want to find a location that's going to be low in rent. In a good, I go, it's got to be in a, a decent area. I don't want Patterson. I don't want the ghetto. Yeah. I don't want that because the reason is, they don't have the money. Mm-hmm. The, the kids that live there, don't have the money. I want like Wayne, I want like Clifton, that area, because they got the money to come and train. Right, 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 right. And they will come, the parents, white parents, will bring their kids because their kids get bullied. Yeah. And they'll yeah. bring them to the train. You know, they'll get the one in the fight. And we get a lot of good kids like that too. It's like some of the gyms down the shore. You see exactly, that. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kids down- kids in the gym. They might have one or two, mm-hmm. but the kids down the shore, when they come to fight, they come to fight. Yeah, yeah. And they, 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 they might not be the best, but they come to fight, they're having a good time. They get picked on in school, they don't get picked on when they learn how to fight. They get a little courage, and that's it. Feel self-confident. When you went to school and I went to school, there was no bullying. Right, right. Come back, get out of here. You go bully, I went home, I, I looked at the sad mother, what's the matter? Come on, tell me. I tell her, uh, you know, I got to buy it. You go back to school more, you punch that guy in the face. <laughs> I don't care, I'm gonna get suspended, no, I don't care. Go ahead, I'm with you. I go back and punch him in the face, and, and then I, I get suspended, my mother comes, you put my kid back in school, and that was it, it was over. That's you know, but that's the way it is. But today, these kids, everybody's politically correct. You know, <laughs> you can't say this, you can't do that. It's crazy, I mean, it's crazy, but it's the world we live in, right? Exactly, exactly. What was it like for you to be inducted into the New Jersey Boxing Hall of Fame in 2014? That was a very big height, very big highlight of my life. Uh, the reason, like I told you, I got divorced from my children's mother. And uh, for my children to be there and to see me get inducted into the Hall of Fame was very big for me. I, most of the time they, they induct you post, but you're dead and they ain't got out you. And they give the plaque to somebody who's there for you. But this time it was, I was inducted when I was alive and I was there. Yeah. So it was really big for me. Now Florida is even, that's where I fought, out of Florida. So the state of Florida is recognizing that 
I lived there, I lived there 20 years, and I fought in there, and I played football in there, so you recognize me. Do you have any current favorite fighters? Yes, I do. Uh, I like Lomachenko. I think Triple G should hang it up. Mm -hmm. I think he has no eye of the tiger anymore. He's got too much money. He's doing very good. And I don't think he has that eye of the tiger. I mean, to let Jacobs go 12 rounds with him, should not happen. Oh, okay, yeah. great Jacob put up a great fight. I'll take nothing away from him. He put up a good fight. But if Triple G was Triple G, he wouldn't have had a shot. Right, right. There would have been no chance. He had to have that eye of the tiger. He wears a robe that costs $1,100 to go in the ring. Come on, please. Yeah. <laughs> He's got too much money. He don't need to get there. For him to get up in the morning to go run is a task now. I got to get up and run, oh man. Before, I got to get up and run, I'm going to, you know, because he wants to be a millionaire. And he knew he could do it through boxing. Now he got no eye of the tiger. But I like Lomachenko. I, I did like Chocolate, but that kid, that was, that kid that beat him at the garden was the toughest kid I ever saw. Yeah, yeah. He got hit with shots and came back punching. I never saw anything like that in my life. I, I, I thought that kid was well, unbelievable. I don't even know his name. Uh, Gonzalez or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He beat Chocolate. To, I mean, he beat him good. Hit him with a liver shot in the first round. Knocked him across the ring. I couldn't believe that, yeah. I, I went, did you see that punch? <laughs> we were sitting in, in, in uh, the manager of the garden suite. Mm -hmm. And we were in the big screen and the ring. So, I mean, it was, I, I was just like in awe when I saw that shot. I said, watch this kid Chocolate. He's unbelievable. He's a pound for pound king. And everybody goes, yeah. And everybody's watching. <laughs> Boom! He goes down. I go, oh. <laughs> and it was it. And yeah, and, and he fell down the rankings quite a bit after that loss too. Yeah, yeah, he did go down in the rankings. Who, I think uh, who took his place? Um, I think um, Golovkin. He, yeah, Golovkin. He, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. they gave it to Golovkin. Yeah, I think yeah. he's the. I think he's the best round for him yeah. right now. Well, he's not going to be ill. He should quit. I'm telling you, he should quit. If he doesn't want to go out bad. Like every fighter has ever done in history, mm -hmm. he should quit. Like except Mayweather, Mayweather went out with a bang. He did, yeah. I'm undefeated. I'm done. If if Triple G doesn't do the same thing, he's gonna it's gonna be bad for boxing because he's gonna get beat up. I mean, he don't have if you don't have if you don't need, you're not gonna fight. Mm -hmm. You're not gonna want to fight. Yeah. And if you get in that ring, these guys want to kill you because they want what you got. Yeah, they want to be the number one guy. They want it. So if you are just doing it because you know, you're there, no, I, you know, that's not the way to fight. No, no. But you got you to have want. got to have need. And if you're not hungry, want and need or nothing, you got to be hungry. He's, how can he be hungry? And he's last couple of seasons. He's got 14 karat gold place yeah. settings. Gold dishes. I mean, come on. The guy just lives. He's living large. Mm -hmm. He don't need it. No. And if you don't need it, Bad thing to do. Yeah, that's exactly. That's I, exactly I think it. the heavyweights today are, are the worst ever. Mm -hmm, I agree. I agree. My God, did you see that fight that Champ put on? Uh, what's the big guy's name? Deontay Wilder. Oh. And uh, did and you Washington? see those punches? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God! I said you should be so embarrassed. You should never fight again. Mm -hmm. Your trainer should be shot, and you should <laughs> never fight again. You look like he had two handbags. He was throwing handbags like that. Yeah, yeah. It was terrible. I mean, somebody should tell him. Mm -hmm. Yo, man, throw straight punches. Yeah. Who's, teaching, who's your trainer? Throw those punches straight out. You're tall, you're big. Straight punches, you, you'll kill people. But it's the way you're throwing them, oh, my God. Throw like that, I was like, what the? <laughs> I was so embarrassed for him. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know what to do. And then there's other heavyweights are. I mean, look at Vladimir Klitschko's fighting this guy, uh, Joshua. Yeah, yeah, Joshua. I don't know how he's going to do, you know? I mean, he's, uh, out of all the heavyweights, Klitschko is the best mechanic. Mm -hmm. But his chin is questionable. Exactly. Everybody hits him on that chin. Puts him on Queer Street, so he's done. Yeah, it makes you wonder. Makes you wonder how he's going to do, and especially in that mega fight in England. Give you one of those soccer stadiums over there. Yeah. A lot of noise. Yeah. The crowd. He's fighting a, a British fighter. Yeah. yeah. Joshua don't play. He's gonna. He's no. People over there love him. He hits hard too, Joshua. If he, but you know, you see some of his fights, he gets knocked down too. He does. So yeah. if uh, if uh, Klitschko can uh, keep his chin down and throw some punches, it'll be all right. Yeah, it'll be a competitive fight. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it.
Is there anything else you'd like to say to my listeners? Keep watching boxing. Keep it up. It's coming back. There's going to be a. It's going to be a new crop. There's a new crop of kids out there that are amateurs, that are just about ready to turn pro, that are going to be fantastic. And boxing's good. It's good for. It's good. It's a good sport. Uh, it saved my life. I love it. You know. And uh, and uh, I've loved it all. I've been doing this all my life, uh, helping people through boxing. You know. And, and these kids that I I help today, they have nothing. And I, and I try my best. Like I said, I'm always out of pocket. My partner's always out of pocket. And we do we do whatever we can to help the kids. And then that's what it's all about, right, kids? Yep. Watching them grow through boxing and becoming pros and making a good living. You know, I tell them, listen, don't think you're gonna be a billionaire. Make enough money to, to do a, open a business or to buy a home and get a start in life. That's what it's about. Not just being a billionaire, because one out of every 5,000 is gonna be a billionaire. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, Mayweather is a freak. He, nobody's gonna get what he got. So don't even try. I mean, just get what you can get. Very well said, Lou. Thank you very much for sitting down with me this afternoon. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. You can learn more about Lou Isa and GH3 via a series of links to websites in the notes section of this episode. The next episode of The Weigh-In will air on June 21st and will feature my interview with New Jersey-based attorney and boxing judge Steve Weisfeld. Steve can often be seen judging boxing matches throughout New Jersey, New York, and Pennsylvania and has judged over a thousand professional bouts. You can listen to The Weigh-In podcast on both SoundCloud and iTunes. If you listen to the show on iTunes, please leave us a rating. This will help other listeners find the show. If you would like to contact the Weigh-In staff, you can reach us through social media and email. Our contact information is posted in the notes section of the episode. We love to hear from our listeners. That does it for the ninth episode of The Weigh-In. The Weigh-In is brought to you by One Stone Recording and Mastering in New Brunswick, New Jersey. Check out One Stone Recording and Mastering for all of your mixing and mastering needs. Go to onestonerecording.com slash theweighin and receive 10% off your first session. Special thanks to Lou Issa and you, the listeners, for being a part of our ninth episode. You can now be like our friend JP Favera and support The Weigh-In on Patreon. You can support us for as little as $1 a month. Your pledge will go directly towards travel expenses and studio fees. Thank you again, JP, for being a part of our team. I hope the weather in Florida is great. Until next time, I'm Matt Ward, and this is The Way In. Hey, Way In listeners, this is your host, Matt Ward. I want to tell you about one of my favorite websites, GardenStateLegacy.com. This quarterly online magazine gives readers an in-depth look at the people, places, and events that help to shape our home state's rich history. You can check out Garden State Legacy at GardenStateLegacy.com.